Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She is an NCAA champion, NCAA All-American for the Cal Golden Bears. She swam in Olympic trials. She was a top-of-the-line swimmer uh, almost a decade ago now, and currently she is pursuing the Olympic team uh, in another sport, in bobsledding of all sports. Today, we are sitting down with Colleen Foch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm guessing, as I, as I was, most of our listeners are saying, are, are kind of scratching their heads thinking, dude, what's this about? You're uh, right. <laughs> you know, former yeah. swimmer, now, right. now going bobsledder. I know, as you mentioned to me, we see it a lot in track and field athletes, mm-hmm. not, as much, uh, <laughs> not as much from swimmers. So right. first of all, how did this come about for you? What, what, what drew you to bobsledding? And uh, tell me about this new Olympic pursuit for you. Yeah. So funny you say that about, um, you know, not many swimmers in the sport. It was funny when we were doing our physicals and all that stuff, I was talking to the team doctor and he was asking about my sports background. You know, I say CrossFit and swimming. He's like, you know, never had a swimmer. I was like, well, I I think right out of college, I don't think I would quite be ready to hop into a bobsled. So I think, but it, it has been really cool through this journey to kind of uh, pull from both swimming and CrossFit. And I feel like both of those sports have set me up well to be successful in bobsledding. Um, but yeah, so it kind of all started last summer. Um, and kind of weird, but, uh, I had watched cool runnings like two days prior to, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, one of the U S pilots, uh, reached out to me, Kaylee Humphreys. Um, and, you know, just asked me if I had ever, thought about bobsledding, what I knew about it. Um, and you know, we had a lot of great phone calls just discussing, um, what this opportunity looked like if I was interested and what that would entail commitment wise and all that stuff. So I actually, um, uh, went out to California, got to train with her a little bit to see what off season bobsledding training looked like. And just to learn more about the sport. Like I was total newbie. I mean, I had seen what a lot of us have seen, you know, on the Olympics and that, and that's as far as I knew. Um, and so after that, we had talked, kept in touch, started talking with the coaches and then a spot opened up at the Olympic training center last fall. Um, so I went out there, just started, um, again, learning more about the sport, kind of prepping my body for, you know, these new elements. Um, and, definitely to make sure that because top end sprinting is just uh, on land is not something I've ever trained for or, um, had to do. So just start incorporating different, um, accessory work into my training to make sure I didn't sustain any injuries and stuff like that. Um, as I started this new kind of training and, um, so we did that for a while and then about like two, three weeks in, um, we got on the ice for the first time in, November, um, early November. And cause that was one thing Kaylee said, she was like, Hey, 
you know, you can like the idea of it or it might sound <laughs> cool, but like you will not know until you get in a sled, whether it's something for you or not. And um, I mean, it was craziness the first time going down, but I absolutely wanted to do it again. And um, and it was cool that uh, and I've said this before, but walking up to like the start block for a bobsled race really does remind me a lot of walking up to the starting blocks in a swimming race just the mentality of it. And, um, so it was, it was just really cool to almost very different sports, but to kind of feel like I was coming full circle a little bit. So, yeah. I can't believe you watched cool runnings two days before you got it was super. I was like, this is kind of strange. I was like, <laughs> super bizarre. That's seems exceedingly serendipitous. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> Aside from that, it's, it sounds really cool. I mean, I have to imagine it's like going down the most intense water slide you could imagine. Uh, well, I mean, tell me about that first run and I, I'd like, was it, was it just such a huge adrenaline rush? Oh, for sure. Um, it was, and that was the thing I thought it would be I love roller coasters. I, but I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm an adrenaline junkie, um, either, but, um, but everyone was like, it's not like a roller coaster. I was like, okay, well, what is it like? And they're like, it's like nothing you've ever experienced. You just got into it. I was like, all right. Um, so, and especially I haven't been on many tracks, but I've been on two different ones here in the U S um, and from track to track is super different. So the one in Utah is a little more, I guess, water slide, like there's a lot of G force. So you feel a lot of pressure on your back. Like you're just getting smushed in half, but, um, but then Lake Placid where my first run was, you're definitely getting like whipped side to side a lot. Um, and it, yeah, it's, uh, I've heard some people describe it as, um, being put in a metal trash can and then getting kicked off a hill. <laughs> And I can kind of see how that would uh, make sense a little bit, but, uh, but you're not getting like flipped around or anything like that, but, um, but it definitely is like nothing I've ever experienced before. And it is very much a rush. And who wouldn't want, and who wouldn't want that experience? Right. (laughs) That is, that sounds pretty intense, but also super fun. Oh Um, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the training has been like? Because I mean, I know you want, you, you run and then mm-hmm. jump in from, from right. what I've seen of cool runnings, this is how this sport works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You run and then you jump in, but then what, I mean, what, what do you need to train once you're mm-hmm. actually inside and going? I mean, do you need to have strength in certain areas or speed or yeah. How do what does the training look like? Yeah. So I would say the most important things are to be fast, strong, powerful. Um, and so as a brakeman, so you've got the pilot and the brakeman and our job is to obviously push super fast at the start. And then once we're in, um, you want to make sure. So once I'm in the sled, I'm making sure that I'm not getting thrown around because that would make it more difficult for the driver if the back of the sled's just whipping all over the place. Um, we also are trying to get as low as possible just so it's better for aerodynamics and all that stuff. Um, and I would say the training 
is for me in particular right now, I've been really prioritizing the sprint component um, because that's just not something that I've gotten to learn how to do is sprint properly or officially. Um, So I've been working a ton on that with my coach here in Arizona and then still lifting a bunch. Um, My lifting looks a lot different now than it did even a year ago when I was still training for CrossFit because with CrossFit, um, I mean, there are events where you're doing one rep maxes, but you know, it was more important for me to be able to move, you know, my 50 to 80% for many, many reps. And now it's about more of those max loads and moving them quickly and max power output. Um, so volume has come down, but intensity is so much higher. Um, so that's really how the trainings kind of or changed over the last year or so. Yeah. And then you mentioned you had a coach, which is my next question. Yeah. Just what are, what did the, not what you're doing in training, but Mm -hmm. how, just how does training look in terms of, is this a full-time thing for you right now? And do you have a coach and do you have training partners? Yeah. So I started working with Ian Danny out here in Scottsdale, Arizona a few months ago. And right now we're doing about, my sessions are anywhere from like two to three and a half hours. Um, And we'll start usually with, at least right now, because we are prioritizing the sprinting component um, and speed, we will start out on the field, um, whether it's actual sprints or sprint drills, stuff like that. And then we'll move into the weight room and then I'll have, um, my main lifts, some accessory work, and then I'll do, um, obviously I have my warm up cool down before and after that. Um, but, and then I'm also, um, in school full-time right now. So that's between that and then training, that's pretty much where my days are right now. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that seems like it makes for a full day. What, what does school look like? What are you studying? Yeah. So I'm wrapping up, um, a master's in kinesiology. And then, um, a few months ago I started an undergrad degree in, um, data analytics. So yeah, so the master's will be done this summer and then the other degree I'll be wrapping up next spring. Yeah. And then done with school for (laughs) forever, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a lot, but you know, I I don't think it's ever the wrong time to, to keep learning and keep learning an education, but I I, I hear you. School's not the most fun at times. No, for sure. (laughs) Um, So it sounds like you're, you're staying busy and take me through like a normal, a daily schedule, because at least for swimmers, I'm pretty familiar with that, you know, morning practice, recover, afternoon practice, maybe a weight room in there or something. What is a normal training day for you look like? Yeah. So I would say when I was doing my CrossFit training, it was, um, at least timing wise, more similar to swimming. So I'd have like an early morning aerobic session, definitely not as early as my swim practices used to be. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, yeah, no more waking up at like four 45 to get on a pool deck for me. <laughs> um, but, but I would usually have a morning aerobic session, um, a little break in between. And then my PM around like that, like one, two o'clock I'd have weights and then some other metabolic work. Um, now it's a little bit different. So I'll wake up. 
I usually try and just get moving because I've noticed that if I, I mean, I try to get a good chunk of my schoolwork or meetings and whatnot done in the morning now because my training starts, um, I start warming up around 1 15, 1 30. Um, and if I don't get stuff done earlier in the day after training and like five o'clock rolls around, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, but I'll usually get coffee, go for like a tiny walk and then, um, get the schoolwork done. I need to meetings and all that stuff, um, or calls. And then I'll head over to the gym, start warming up around 1.15. We start the actual training around two. We'll probably stay outside on the field until like three. Um, and then I'll start my lift around like 3.15-ish. And then just depending on what we're doing, that can take anywhere from like an hour to two hours. And then I'll usually just come home or I'll cool down, come home, make sure I get a meal in right away, um, and then just chill for us tonight. So, yeah. Nice. So one a day workouts, that seems pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes, uh, I have split them up before. Um, but for right now it's been good just to kind of blend them together. So gotcha. yeah. Nice. Um, and so then in terms of a season, yeah, again, I'm familiar with like what a swim season looks right, like, right. But what it, I mean, and obviously you're, you're still pretty new to it, but what is a, what is a bobsled season look like? Do you have competitions or do you have mm-hmm. focus events? Do you taper? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there is tapering. And that's what, that's another thing that feels very similar to swimming. Whereas with CrossFit, you definitely did taper, but you were still working, um, or the demand that you had to do up until your competitions was still pretty high just because a CrossFit competition is so long. And if you taper too much, you're just not going to be able to finish the weekend. So I feel like bobsledding similar to, um, my events with swimming. Cause I was a sprinter. Um, it very much is that like you got to rest and not exert <laughs> like tons of energy prior to your race. But so our season, Um, obviously like everyone's seasons, the last, um, year were kind of different, but last season we, so we trained together up until, um, Christmas, we had a team trials, um, for the national team. And then once the national team was named, um, everyone gets together in January, there was a world cup tour, um, which includes, I believe it's eight races. So they're, they, go to a different place or a different track each week. And there's a race there, um, each week. And then there's also North America's cup, which is what I did this year. Um, and so we had two races in park city, Utah, and then two races in Lake Placid, New York. And then that wrapped up in, um, February. And then, um, this year was a little different. We had a tiny break. And then we had another team trials, which is actually the beginning of, um, this Olympic season. Um, and that was actually supposed to be later because there was supposed to be, so the 2022 Olympics are in Beijing and there was supposed to be a test event. So the pilots and brakemen can go over to the track to get familiar with it so that the Olympics isn't the first time they're going to be on the track. Um, but that got moved to this fall. So, but essentially as I rant about the season, but essentially there's, um, like a world cup tour 
which is those eight weeks and it ends with the world championships. But this year it'll be the same idea, but it ends with the Olympics instead of a uh, world championships. Gotcha. And yeah. so, so then, so that, that all seems, yeah, there's competitions and they kind yeah, of yeah. to to a bigger competition. Right. Um, I guess. So first of all, how do you feel like those, your competitions uh, went in New York and Utah? They went really well. Um, I learned a ton being on those circuits and just what, cause like I was saying earlier, I mean, there is the racing component and obviously that's a huge priority. Um, and that's what you're being tested on, but there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes as far as moving sleds and, um, maintenance on sleds and prepping sleds for races, especially and what that looks like. And so I feel like being on those circuits this year just gave me, um, just a huge opportunity to learn so much about what goes into the sport. So I feel like going into this next season, um, I just feel so much more confident and so much more prepared. Um, not only that I can be the best I can be, but that I can also be, um, a great and helpful teammate. So how, how do, how do they, how do you get a teammate? Oh, like you're assigned to your pilot and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So for, um, major like world cup events or like the Olympics, there's a committee, that gets together and picks and assigns all those, uh, pilots to break men and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah. And then was how did, so how did, who was your partner for the, the events that you raced at? I feel like I'm so out of my element in terms of terminology. Oh, no, it's okay. What, what do they, what do they call Do they call it a partner or a teammate or, or so they'll be the pilot and then I'm the break. Okay. So you, yeah. it's, so you have a pilot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So for the races I did in, um, Salt Lake city and, or park city and New York, um, uh, I had, there were two pilots on that circuit. And so I was lucky enough to be able to race with both of them. Um, so that was really cool. And when I initially started, um, so there's four pilots on team USA right now. And then Kaylee and Alana are the other two um, pilots and, um, both Olympic medalists, just amazing. And so that was really cool. So I got the opportunity to, um, take runs with all of them, which was awesome. And to be able just, cause part of being a brakeman, um, you know, you're supporting your pilot, not only are you guys working together for the race, but like in the lead up. And like I said, with the prepping of the sleds and each pilot kind of does things a little bit differently. So that was really cool to just learn how each pilot does their thing and how they want their sled prepped and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was cool that I got to take runs with all of them. What were you, did you get feedback from them or did, you know, were you able to talk to them, build a rapport with them? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I can ask like, what is bobsled culture like? Because like swimming has such a specific culture, I think, and that's yeah. too big of a question, but you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Do, do you get a feel for kind of what they're like as, as bobsledders and just as people? Oh, for sure. So especially with, <clears throat> we were at the Olympic training center for initially almost two months. So you definitely get close with it. I mean, you're essentially just all living in one big apartment complex together. Um, so we definitely got to know each other really well. And 
the pilots, especially, they were so helpful with, um, especially us newbies coming in, um, with how to like mentally prepare yourself, how to physically prepare yourself. Um, especially when I was taking my first few runs, they were really helpful with if I wanted to go over, cause the coaches will film our starts and all that stuff and they'll go over it with you. And then the pilots were really open to going over, um, film and stuff like that. Um, and, and that was really, really helpful just to continue to get that feedback. So you could keep building off of that. So when you are living with, or when you were living with them for those two months, was it evident that you came from different sports? Um, you know, not too much. I would say, I think it is cool. Um, how, you know, here I was coming into it thinking that everyone came from track and field Mm -hmm. and there definitely are people that came from track and field, but there were so many other sports. And so it was really cool you know, we got volleyball, basketball, rowing. Um, and so it's just kind of all over the place. So it was so cool that we all end up in this bobsled world together. And it's like, and it's just cool. And I think because everyone has different backgrounds and different strengths and stuff, we can kind of feed off each other, which is really cool. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So many sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, really cool and really cool to have those diverse backgrounds. Cause again, I only know swimming and swimming has that, you know, very specific culture and you can, you can spot swimmers from like miles away, but I assume every other sport has that too. And so to, to just kind of get like a mixing pool of, of, of different sports, seems like it would be a really fun experience. Oh, for sure. Um, side question is yeah. the u.s good at bobsledding you mentioned they are olympic medalists and like that kind of took me by surprise because again i just know nothing about bobsledding yeah america is yeah the u.s is very very good at bob, especially women i mean the men are the whole team were very um competitive and i believe the women um i have to double fact check this but i think the women have meddled um, in bobsledding since 2002, which I believe is the first time women's bobsledding was in the Olympics. So I could be wrong on that, but, but they've had a ton of success. And, um, that was also another just amazing thing is that I knew coming into this, you know, I was getting to train and compete with the best in the world in this sport. Um, and I mean, that's, all you can want. Like, it's the same thing with swimming and CrossFit. Like you surround yourself with those driven, determined, talented people, and you can learn so much. So I, I've, I, yeah, I was definitely going to ask you about this. Like I've had dreams personally. I was a very mediocre swimmer, but I've had <laughs> dreams since I stopped swimming that like I'm at Olympic trials or like I'm in Olympic oh, yeah. winning medals. And I feel like you are you are living that dream because obviously you had Olympic dreams in swimming, but mm-hmm. you actually got to transition to something else and, and now get to chase that Olympic dream again. Can you speak on just how meaningful that is um, to be able to, to get that shot now? Yeah. I mean, it's one that I never thought um, I would get again, honestly, especially I mean, I know being 31 now, I know I'm closer to the end of my 
you know, athletic career than I am to the beginning of it. And, um, that was another thing too, when I started talking to Kaylee, I think in most sports, you know, 31 is towards like the tippy top of, you know, where you can compete. And, um, and that was another cool thing when I started doing my research of, you know, um, obviously there's varying ages on the bobsled team, but that a lot of really successful women in the sport were my age. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I, I can hang. This is good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was kind of surreal. And again, like, however, everything shakes out, I'm just so grateful that I've gotten this opportunity and I've learned so much in the process. And, um, I feel like it's allowed me to be very reflective on, my past athletic experiences and to be really appreciative of those and how they've, um, molded me into the athlete and person I am today and how, um, a lot of that stuff that was instilled in me through, you know, swimming at Cal and through CrossFit, um, is really showing up through bobsledding. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and it is kind of nuts that, I mean, the 2008, uh, when I, when I did go to Olympic trials, that was for Beijing and it's kind of like trippy that this is Beijing too. (laughs) Um, I remember I didn't even know where the winter Olympics was going to be when I first started talking to Kaylee and I looked it up and I was like, no way. (laughs) I was like, this is too weird, but yeah, but it's so cool. And it's, um, I'm just incredibly grateful for the opportunity and I'm definitely going to make the absolute most of it. Again, seems very serendipitous. That is yeah, uh, super very. cool, <laughs> kind of trippy. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned it, it's you've gotten to reflect on a lot of your past athletic experiences. Has this has having this opportunity made you see any of them in a different light? Maybe maybe the, the positive ones or the negative ones. Yeah, I think. Well, first, touching on I guess more negative um, ones, and not that they were negative, but I think. I appreciate all of the obstacles that were kind of placed in my way, um, you know, to get to here, because I think it's just taught me to be resilient, um, to not give up, um, no matter how hard it gets. I think on the positive side of things, I think it's made me, um, uh, I was talking to someone else about this a few days ago, but it's, you know, I think especially throughout my swimming career, like, you know, you're always on to the next and it's like, yes, you celebrate it, but you're just so like, okay, well, what are we going to do next? And how do we top this and all that stuff? And, um, and I think especially now, um, and I've, I've continued to follow, especially Cal swimming since I graduated and I'm always cheering for them. And, um, and this year I was in Lake Placid watching NC2A's And, um, just watching it closer this year and just made me really reflect back on, you know, our national titles and stuff and like relay moments. And, um, I know I was reaching out to you guys cause I was trying to find a video of our tuner medley relay (laughs) cause I had never actually watched it. I mean, I was there and I experienced it, but I've never seen a video of it. So it was, um, it was, I had just the biggest smile on my face watching it and just kind of to relive those moments. Cause you, I think when you're so in it, you just, um, 
not that you don't appreciate like all the work and stuff, but it almost is like, yeah, like we put in the work and this is like what we expected and like, yeah, we won. And, but then you realize you're like, man, like that was really freaking cool. And like, that was just like a once in a lifetime, like, and it's just, yeah. So it's just made me very, very appreciative of, um, just that team and not even just like, I mean, obviously the titles and all that stuff are incredible, but just the moments that you got to spend with your teammates and coaches. And I remember Terry telling us like, you will years from now, you will not remember the times you went, you will not remember like all that stuff, but like, you will remember these moments with your teammates and that stuff. And, and I remember thinking, I was like, no, I will always remember my times. (laughs) (laughs) And now I, I could not, I could the only time I ever remember is my 50 fly split in that medley relay. That's the only one I remember. The other ones, I have no idea. But it is true. Like, you remember those awesome moments, even like silly things like, you know, van rides to NC2As and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, just made me uh, very appreciative and uh, of all those really great moments. I'd be remiss if we didn't relive your swimming career just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> as I, as I said, you were an NCAA champion, uh, on the winning 200 medley and 200 free relays in 2011. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you were 14th in the hundred fly 15th in the hundred back at that same meet. Um, <clears throat> so you, you were a big scorer, uh, in two, <laughs> at the 2011 NCAAs. Um, but you know, you're mentioning these, these small moments. Is there, is there an anecdote or one specific that stands out to you as, as a good story that you could share from your career at Cal? Uh, oh man, I feel like there's so many, um, I guess I'll just stick with that relay because I feel like that was probably one of my favorite moments. Um, and one where I feel like Terry in the team put a lot of faith in me. And I think it was at a time where I was still just in awe of being on the team, honestly. <laughs> um, cause I transferred to Cal after my freshman year and I peaked a little bit later in swimming. And so, you know, when I first looked at, was starting to look at swimming in college, um, like Cal wasn't even on the radar. I just wouldn't have been competitive enough. My times weren't good enough. And so, you know, that was my second year there and being able to be on a Cal bear relay was just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Loved my individual events, but there was nothing like being on those relays. And I actually almost forgot, but when I was watching the video back, I remembered that um, Terry put Amanda Sims in, um, she was our best hunter butterflyer and she put her in for the, for prelims and then saved me for finals. And I just remember sitting there before we were about to walk up to the blocks and I was like, I'm for sure going to throw up, (laughs) 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 but it was like, I remember walking up there and it's just like, Man, it's really hard to put into words, honestly, but um, walking up there with, yes, you're walking up there with three teammates, but you feel like the entire team is up there with you. 
and just, and looking out to the crowd and like seeing my parents there and your teammates just going nuts. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I remember very little of like the actual swimming part, but, um, but yeah, just like just those team moments, um, I live for. And I think that's part of obviously in CrossFit, like I was very fortunate enough to go to the games on team, which was so amazing. And I had a, a huge goal of going individually, which I got to do. Um, but there's just nothing like being a part of a team. And I feel like I thrive in those environments, um, where I know that obviously I have my, um, aspirations for myself and, um, you know, I want to accomplish these things for me, but, um, knowing that you've got someone who's counting on you, you're counting on them. Um, and I just remember like, even in swimming, like sometimes being like, I don't know if I can get through this practice. I don't know if I want to wake up anymore this early, but then looking, you know, it's like looking to your left and right and be like, okay, today I can't do this for me, but I'm going to do it for them. And I think that's, um, what's so cool about being a part of a team and to be back in a team environment where, you know, you walk up with, you know, your pilot and it's like, okay, like they've got my back. I've got their back. Like we're in this together. And that's just, those moments are just, they're the best. So, yeah. That was a a wonderful anecdote. Oh, thank Uh, you. (laughs) um, You you mentioned something interesting. You know, you said when you were looking at colleges, Cal wasn't even on the radar. You Mm. feel like you peaked a little bit later in swimming. Is there anything in particular you attribute that to? Absolutely. I would say that, um, so my junior year in high school, um, my family moved a lot growing up and honestly, I'm very thankful for swimming with that because each time we moved swimming gave me like that immediate group of friends and immediate home. I was like, okay, I'm in a new spot. Don't know anyone, but like, I know the pool and the swimming, so (laughs) we'll fit in just fine. Um, but so when I moved, we moved to Palo Alto, California, and I um, joined PASA and started swimming with Tony Betis. And that was an absolute game changer. Not only do I feel like from a physical standpoint, the training was, it just really worked. But I also, um, I definitely like midway through high school, just wasn't loving swimming. Um, and I feel like having him as my coach and being on that team and the friends that I made through that allowed me to really just have fun with the sport. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are many practices that I was like, I do not want to do this at all, but, um, but it just allowed me to just have fun with it again. And um, I feel like he really helped develop me and I definitely, you know, uh, coming even after my freshman year kind of started getting into that rut a little bit again. And he, you know, didn't lose faith and just, um, really helped push me, um, far past the expectations and goals I had set for myself at the time. So I would say just being in that environment with him as my coach and my teammates was a huge, um, huge game changer. And so, you know, obviously you're, you're gearing up to try to qualify for another Olympic team. But in, when you went to trials in 2008, can you tell me about that experience? Were you just about to go into college? Yes. So I had committed to, I think I, yeah, it would have been this time. So 
um, uh, I committed to go to Notre Dame for my freshman year. And then um, I still remember the meet that I got my trials cut at. It was at, it wasn't a big meet. I think it was, uh, it was at Stanford and um, I, I think the time, I'm sure the qualification times are way faster now, but I think it was like one Oh, one double or one Oh one something. Um, but yeah, I remember just being like, I can't believe I'm actually going to this. Um, and so I definitely remember getting, and to be fair, I, uh, I definitely wish the Olympics were in uh, short course yards, <laughs> but uh, underwaters and turns were kind of my jam. So, um, but, but still nonetheless was very, very pumped to be going. And uh, my teammate uh, Leif Jensen, who ended up also being my, a teammate at Cal. Um, so that was really cool that I ended up joining her a year later. Um, but that was just insane. I mean, I think I was, just so in awe of being there the entire time. Um, I was just like, this is just incredible. And I think it was a good learning experience, just how to, you know, handle your nerves, the pressure on a bigger stage and just focus on what you have to do. Cause I think in, um, a meet like that, which I I'm way better at now, but I think back then, um, and before going into college, um, would kind of let the outcome, um, or I'd be thinking about the outcome too much instead of just what I can control and what I need to do next. Cause I mean, the time's going to take care of itself. I can't control the clock. All I can control is, you know, each step along the way. So, um, yeah, but it was insane just to be there. So yeah. Hunter, Hunter flies day one, right. For women. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, did my hunter fly and then just got to chill and hang out and watch a lot of fast swimming <laughs> for the next few days. Nice. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's, you know, that's, I feel like that meat is, is barely a swim meat. It's unlike yeah. any, anything else. Right. Uh, and so then, you know, you, you go through your swimming career and then you have this, uh, you get into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. And I mean, when you finished swimming, did you still want to compete in, in one way or another? Um, I, I don't think I knew I did. Um, I definitely, I mean, that was my favorite part of swimming was competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and obviously you have to train really hard in order to do well at the competition. So <laughs> that goes into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I really had, I don't think I had thought about what life was going to look like after swimming because I was just so all in on this one thing. And, um, so when it was all over, I was like, Oh, uh, should probably figure out what's, what's next. Um, and hindsight's 2020, but probably would have started thinking about that a little sooner if I, if I were to go back, but, um, but I, you know, I still knew that, um, fitness movement, all that stuff would be a huge part of my life. Cause that was just, I loved being an athlete and I loved, um, you know, working out in like, I, it, when I swam at Cal, I loved our weight room sessions. That is what I lived for. If you ask any of my teammates, like 
I, I loved it. Um, and so I knew I wanted that to be in there somehow. Um, and after swimming, like I was telling you a little bit earlier, I, I did not want to swim. I, you know, I, I loved my time at Cal, but I was just, I didn't want to, I knew my workout. I didn't want my workouts to be swimming workouts. Um, cause I think that would have been kind of tough, especially not, you know, working towards, you know, a swimming goal. I think it'd be hard for me to, um, do that as just daily exercise. So I was like, okay, no swimming laps for me. Um, and so I knew I wanted to do, so I tried, you know, spin classes. I tried like aerobics, a dance class, any type of class I tried. And, um, I just wasn't finding my thing. And I was actually interning at Cal at the time. And so I'd lift with, um, the coaches in there and some of the other interns sometimes, but I definitely went through while I was swimming. I, um, even though I was like 20 pounds lighter than I am now, but I was very, uh, self-conscious just about having a more muscular build. And so when I was done with swimming, I was planning on, uh, you know, I wanted to lift, but I was nervous about getting really big. And so I'd lift a little bit. I do cleans cause I loved those. And then I'd go, you know, find a piece of cardio equipment and just chill on it for, you know, an hour, which was not fun. So I was like, I've got to find <laughs> something else. That's so, terrible. <laughs> um, and so it was cool that through, you know, I threw a friend cause I also worked at Lululemon at the time. She took me to a CrossFit competition and I was just so in awe of these women who were doing just such crazy things that I just had never seen. And I was just in awe of how they were lifting so much weight and, um, doing these awesome gymnastics movements and all this stuff. And it was the first time where I was like, okay, like I, and they're all, you know, just like really muscular and built. And I was like, Whoa, like, I think I kind of found my people. (laughs) And, um, and, and just kind of, uh, seeing, I didn't know you could compete in it. And then, so watching that competition, um, I was like, okay, like maybe I could get into this, um, and signed up. And I think it gave me back what I had been missing in swimming was having that team community aspect, working out with other people. Um, there was the competitive side of it where, you know, everyone's doing the same workout every day. So you're, and you'd put up your times or reps scores on the board. And so every day I'd walk in, I'd look at the whiteboard, see what the fastest I was, be like, okay, I'm going to beat this. <laughs> and so it gave me, um, yeah, those same, uh, thing aspects of swimming that I loved into a different kind of sport. Um, and so, and then it's just funny enough that through CrossFit, you know, I started, um, slowly climbing up the ladder of, um, just levels I was competing at. And, you know, these competitions started including swimming and what? so swimming I'm, CrossFit. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I was like, I knew I didn't really need to, uh, do tons of swimming practices, but I was like, I shouldn't, you know, if I know swimming is going to be in a competition, I should at least get in the water a few times <laughs> before I go. Um, and through that, it just kind of, uh, like eased my way back into really enjoying getting in the water now. I mean, I don't do, you know, crazy swim sets anymore, but, 
Um, I just love like going in, floating around, like doing some fifties and stuff. It's putting on fins, and, like just having fun. Um, but now it's funny, you know, cause when I was doing CrossFit, like I, I just wanted swimming to show up all the time. <laughs> so I was like, this is so fun. And it was definitely longer swims than I was used to in college. Um, but, but still really cool that I was getting to kind of blend these two worlds together. Um, and obviously swimming in college helped a ton with those. So yeah, that was, that was awesome. That, that's super cool. Yeah. Totally didn't realize swimming was a part of CrossFit, but wow. Yeah. That makes it so much more appealing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, um, so they'll sometimes incorporate, um, it's usually open water stuff, but sometimes they will do pool workouts. Um, like I'm pretty sure the games coming up this year, they've started looking at, um, using, uh, um, Madison, Wisconsin, the pool, um, at the college there for like a swimming event of some sort, um, which I think would be really cool. And it was just like, I remember watching, um, some of the first games and seeing them use like pools around the Irvine area that I had mm. swim like summer nationals at. And I was like, yeah. what is going on? I was like, this is so cool. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of crazy to see, to see that. So. That is really crazy. Dude, talk about full circle. That's, yeah. That's really wild. Very so, much so. So you did CrossFit for quite a while. And I mean, were you, was that, was that your whole thing? Were you working while doing that as well? Or was, was that it? So when I started CrossFit, I was interning. Um, and then I was doing it not super competitively um, while I was still coaching at Cal and then probably about six months to a year after I left um, working at Cal, I started coaching um, at some CrossFit gyms. So I was doing that um, and then training, competing on the side. And then I actually ended up moving out here to Arizona um, to train with uh, big dogs because they had an athlete program where they were sponsoring athletes to train full-time. So at that point, you know, I was working full-time training full-time and it just, I, I knew that I had these big goals of competing individually at the games. And I knew I was like, I kind of just, I just got to go for it while I can. And so moving out here gave me the opportunity to spend more time on not that just the training, but the amount of recovery I need to do and all that stuff. Um, and then while I was doing that, I decided that's when I decided to pursue the masters. Um, so, and that was really cool too, not to go on a huge rant about this, but, um, when I was in college, I definitely feel like I struggled with balancing the student athlete part of things. And, um, and that was very intimidating, uh, looking into a master's because I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like in the past, I, you know, had struggled with being great at both. And, um, so, and my first class, I did not do well. And I was like, here we go again. <laughs> and, um, but then, you know, I, I buckled down, I got better about managing the two and just the commitment that both of these were going to take. And obviously some days, like you have to prioritize one over the other, but, um, it's cool that, doing, going back to school and competing full-time kind of gave me a second shot at proving mostly just to myself 
that I can do both of those. And yes, like the academic side of it, like does not come easy to me. And I have to put a lot of energy and work into it, but I can do both if I apply myself. And so that was kind of cool that I got to, um, like get a second shot at that a little bit. So that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. And, and really, really inspiring for, Thank uh, you. for those of us who may one day get a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, really cool that, like you said, being a student athlete doesn't have to end when you're done with college. Um, yeah. Which is being, being a student and being an athlete. Right. Or both. Um, <laughs> yeah. You are like the shining example of that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool. And so, so moving forward now, um, tell me about what the next few months are going to look like. You know, obviously, obviously you've got a summer Olympics coming up, which right, right. now you doesn't concern you too much. I'm guessing um, besides as a fan, but yeah. what, what is, what does the bobsled season look like in the next, you know, three to six months? And what is the, what does the Olympic qualification process look like? Yeah. So to kind of answer both of those. So in the next, um, like the next portion of our season, the next thing we have coming up will be push championships end of July. And so that's going to be another piece of the overall Olympic trials process. So essentially this whole season, um, the committee coaches are all collecting, um, and evaluating, getting data on all the athletes so that when they do pick an Olympic team, they have, you know, all the data that they need in order to put the best team together. Um, so we had our trials, um, earlier this year. And then, so right now I'm prepping for the push championships in July. So those will be in Lake Placid, New York. Um, so I'll go out there, um, probably pretty soon sometime in June, um, go out there, train out there, get on. They just put, um, or made a, an ice house out there. So they put essentially it's, it kind of looks like a giant water slide a little bit. Um, so it's all ice. You have the sled at the top, it goes down a slope and then it comes back up to slow you down and then you can ride it back up. So essentially that's, um, great for all of us, but especially for brakemen. So we can get tons more reps within a training session um, and really dial in our pushes, um, and, and our loads and all that stuff. Um, whereas like when we train, when we're sliding down the track, you're getting max like three to four runs in a day. So that's only three to four pushes, which is still great. And it's great practice. And you have to practice the riding part of it too. But with ice house, that'll be super beneficial, which is especially for me, I'm really excited just because I'll get, um, be able to get all those reps in that I need to get in. Um, so that, so those push championships will be in the ice house in July. And then we'll also have, um, a combine to do, which will involve some lifts, some sprinting. Um, and so that will also get taken to an, into account with the Olympic team and then going into, um, world cup season, obviously those races will get taken in to account. Um, but yeah, so just for now, um, training really hard until I go out to, uh, New York and then just get ready to push really fast. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then when, when, um, when does the Olympic 
selection officially take place? So that'll get, that'll take place um, pretty close to the actual Olympics, just because um, like I said, with all the data they want to collect and they really want to see just how the athletes develop throughout the season. Um, Cause like in any sport, so much can change in, you know, six months or even in a month. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that'll get uh, chosen towards the end of the year. Um, right before the Olympics. And then until then, just lots of, lots of racing, lots of pushing um, and just getting ready for all of that. Gotcha. Wow. That's, that's sounds pretty exciting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so Colleen, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and, and chat uh, with us today. It's, it's been really enlightening and really great to hear some of your stories about your, what has now been very long athletic career. Um, before we sign off today, any parting thoughts for our audience? Um, I think just, I know it sounds so corny, but be present, um, and enjoy the moments now. Um, and, uh, yeah. And just the process and know that, um, you know, even if like we've talked about, uh, if there's a lot of swimmers watching, um, you know, obviously your swimming career won't last forever, but there's lots more exciting things to do past it. And everything you've learned and developed through your swimming career will, will help a ton moving forward. Cause I know it really has for me and for my coaches, for my teammates, um, like you said, from just being in that swimming culture has um, really shown up and helped me in many aspects of my life. So, yeah. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.